0: Welcome to the Modernize or Die podcast, conference edition. In this podcast, we spotlight upcoming CodeFusion conferences and talk to organizers, workshop trainers, and speakers to uncover all the information you and your company needs to decide what conferences and workshops to attend and what sessions you need to see. Welcome to the modernize or die podcast conference edition and today I'm talking with John Colson about his workshop at into the box in May. And so, uh, John, thank you for joining me. Absolutely. My pleasure. So, uh, your workshop is containerizing CFML applications. So you want to tell us a little more about it? Well,
1: it's, I mean, as we all know and are aware at this point, if you're, if you have, if you're not aware, you're kind of living in a, in a, a tunnel or something. But the, the container space just continues to expand and blow up, and, and there are a lot of options available to you now. Um, and even since last year, we've got uh, you know, more expanded usage of a lot of different containerization strategies. What we want to do is, is provide one day of giving uh, users, CFML developers, uh, an opportunity to understand how to containerize their applications what are the logistics of it, you know, software, you know, hardware requirements, things like that, how to, how to actually uh, deploy your code in those containers, and then how to handle uh, consistency between multiple tiers of your applications deployment, So from development to staging to production. Um, and so we'll start off the day by uh, giving you an overview to containers. And then as we go through the day, we'll actually uh, do more and more things to with it uh, to the point where by the end of the uh, end of the session, um, you will have started the process or possibly even have finished the process of containerizing one of your own applications um, with its dependencies in a, in a stacked environment. So it's it's, it's a very hands-on workshop. Um, there's certainly a lot of information, so it's, um, you know, come prepared to learn, but it's also something that uh, I think a lot of developers who have taken the workshops in the past have found very useful and has helped to jumpstart them in their own containerization strategies.
0: So, obviously, you mentioned uh, containerization is big these days. Uh, is there anything else that you think people should know? Like, why is this workshop really important for CFML developers or developers in general? Well,
1: I, I think that for CFML developers in general, I think that uh, there's many of us who've been developing the language for a long time who started on, you know, bare metal hardware, big old monolithic servers where all of our dependencies were packaged in one. And I think, um, I, I don't know that... Uh, five years from now, you're going to have the tools you need to do your job, um, if, especially if you're a full stack CFML developer, without at least understanding containers. Um, so I think that's part of it. I think that it's, it's an important technology to learn. Uh, it's an important technology to, to, to master, um, although there's a, you know, we're not going to be able to master it one day, but you should be at least on a path to help you do that. Um, and I, and I think that's, I think that's a a big part of it. I think for um, developers in general, I think that when you containerize your application stack, um, it contributes to a lot more worry-free code. Uh, it contributes to agile development in the sense that small iterations are tested and ready to go and pass all their health checks and they perform the same way in every tier before they, uh, before they're deployed. So I actually think that, um, I find it to be essential. I mean, I think there's folks that that have stinking thinking about it one way or another, but I find containerization to be essential to keep the the you know the consistency between deployment tiers, uh, you know, solid, and then also be able to um, introduce new features in a lot way in a way that's much less worry-free because I don't have to worry about the environmental aspects.
0: Yeah. I mean, another thing that I mentioned too that, you know, just I'll throw my two cents in here, but um, with Docker, you know, it really takes away some of the the bad baggage that CoFusion has because a lot of companies these days, they you know they don't know how to maintain it. They don't know how to deploy it. And a lot of tech um, feedback we, we hear anyway is that, you know, they've got these apps and their DevOps people don't want to support them. But once you Dockerize it and make it here, it's a container, go deploy it. They know how to do that. They know how to maintain it. They know how to deploy them and orchestrate them. And so, I think you can actually help uh, you know companies keep working with Cold Fusion when they're getting to this DevOps age where everyone seems to think it's a dinosaur. So, uh, I've, yeah, I've noticed a I lot of people. That... Sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just saying. I,
1: I think a lot of people, um, you know, they're they're used to these old monolithic installations, and I think the the days of the uh, days of the you know. Uh, monolithic server are dead if not dying quickly um, and I think that you know containerization makes that very easy it makes CFML apps viable again um, and with you know open source technology like Lucy and some other containerization uh, licensing like that Adobe has it's it's a real
0: option for people to use yeah, especially with the 2020 updates coming out where they're they're working on modularity and smaller install sizes and everything. It's, they're, they're definitely moving that way because they know it's important and so. Well,
1: and that's- not to mention the fact that now in command box and this'll be, by the time we do into the box, there'll be a release on this. In command box, you can actually generate a bash script that bypasses the need to actually even use command box in your containers. Um, it's a straight script. So previously, you know, if you wanted to start a server with command box, it was Java and Java, right? Um, that's no longer necessary because we're actually able to to generate a script, um, wipe command box completely from the, the container, and then actually use that one script to run that Java process. And it's it's slick.
0: Very cool. Yeah. So I guess that leads around to the next question. So why are you the right person to lead this workshop?
1: Uh, well,
0: I guess that's probably just because I got on the containerization
1: bandwagon in ortus earlier than everybody. Um I guess I, th- I think that you know I'm not going to honk my own horn here, toot my own horn, um, but I, I think that you know I've, I've spent quite a bit of time in this space uh, from the, the earliest development of the, the Docker command box images. I've I've done extensive use of Docker, uh, you know, personally and also professionally, and day in and day out I work with it. I mean, I don't use uh, I don't use any other development. Uh, environments when i code with cfml anymore all of my database servers caching servers elasticsearch everything is all containerized so um so i think i've got a fair fair amount of knowledge to bring to the subject and um, i also have some tremendous you know team members who will be helping out during the day to help with some of the more environmental specific things so i think it's uh, i think it's a team effort but i'm uh, i'm happy to lead it
0: Yeah, I mean, you've done some great work on the Docker images and we've compared to Lucy images and Adobe's images and everything. And I mean, obviously, we use them all the time. So as we come up against some hurdle, you guys uh, update these Docker images for command box to handle everything we want and need. And I mean, it's like secrets are built in and just it's just such a smooth workflow. And yeah, you guys do a lot of great work on that and keeping up on date um, as new stuff rolls out, too. So I mean. Well, and I think there's
1: a couple of tools now that we've had a bit we have now that we didn't even have when we started with the Docker images and we've got CF config, which basically allows you to pre-configure an entire server. There's no need to like move files into the file system and deal with XML files and stuff like that. Where like with the Lucy containers, you can just boom, you know, uh, have your production config and then use environment variables in that. So you can use a combination of hard coded settings and environment variables. Um, and it just, you know, it just works. Uh, and then there's also, you know, between that and, and ENV, um, which allows you to source in environment variables. Um, you know, we've just got a ton of tools that are available with the command box image and, um, and you know, we use it right now. We're using it in so many different places in production with both Adobe engines and Lucy, Lucy engines. Um, and then some people are even using it for like old, like blue dragon images so i mean because you can run any basically any war file any you know uh, any jar file from the command box so um it works pretty well
0: very cool so if someone's wanting to take your workshop what type of expectations or prerequisite knowledge does someone have or need to have before they come to really get the most value out of this or is it a well company? there's a there's a yeah, there's a prerequisites
1: there. And one of the things that we need, need to come with so that you can come prepared to actually do your work on your own computer with your own stack is you're going to need to have a, a machine that's got at least 16 gigabytes of RAM um, just so you can start a stack. Eight will probably do it for you. Um, but if you you know, you know want to be able to work and, and, and be speedy, probably 16 gigs of RAM. Um, you need to make sure that you have Docker installed, the latest version of the Docker Engine installed, along with the Docker Compose. Uh, binary as well, so you'll need to come come prepared with some tools, also some code, and maybe uh, if you if you're going to have a database dependency or or any kind of dependency that requires data, bring uh, at least a sample of that data that you can load into a a containerized database.
0: Okay, so we'll obviously send out some requirement emails to remind people of those things. Yeah, but what about so. knowledge? So do they need to know what Docker is, or you know, like do they need to have any like history no. or?
1: Nope, not at all. You can come to You can come there. We, we go through that. Uh, you know, obviously as the years have gone by, more and more people are at least familiar with the basics of it. So, um, we we've customize that a little bit, but yeah, we're going to, we're going to talk to you about containers and what they are and how they work and where you can use them and, and all sorts of information from the get go. So it's not really necessary other than what's necessary to run the installer, to install Docker on your machine.
0: Okay. Sounds good. Now I know that you just did a webinar last week, um, on, containerizing cfml applications would that be a good thing for them to watch beforehand to get an yeah. idea? yeah absolutely there's about uh
1: probably 15 minutes of stuff that we cover in that um and and there's a bunch of stuff that we kind of go through fast to show people how to do it so we'll actually t- have the, the nice thing about the workshop is we'll have our time to to dig into some of those things and what's going on and what's happening with ports and allocation and crosstalk and all that Um, so there's, there's benefits of the workshop and that, but definitely, you know, please take a look at that. There may be a little bit of review during the day of the workshop, but, um, it's probably 15, 20 minutes review at the most.
0: Okay. Well, that sounds good. I just thought I'd give them a good taste of what they might get out of the workshop.
1: Absolutely. A question.
0: Okay. So you mentioned a lot of things. Do you want to sort of give us a rundown of what will people learn in the workshop? What should they get? You know, when they leave, what should they be able to do?
1: Well, by the time you're done, you're going to be able to understand how to take one of your applications, your own personal applications, and containerize it. Um, and you know, you may get all the way there during the course of the workshop, or you may get part of the way there, but you'll at least understand the basics and the fundamentals of how to do it. You're, you're, you'll understand how to, uh, you know, how to start and stop a container, how to poke around on the file system of the container, how to configure that container, um, how to you know, mount your, your code into a, like a, a running Docker container, but also how to package your code in building a custom image that's got everything ready to go. Um, so there's a lot, of different, a lot of different information we'll cover. We'll also can cover, cover some, some of the basics of deploying stacks and creating stacks with Docker Compose so that you can see how to, how to package your dependencies for a, a particular tier, like development or environment. Um, we'll talk about stack deployments. We'll talk about Docker Swarm. We'll we'll touch on Kubernetes, although this really isn't a, a Kubernetes um, uh, a, pre- a Kubernetes presentation. But we'll spend some time talking about that um, and and spend some time talking about the different ways in which you can deploy your application and different vehicles to allow you to do that out there.
0: Okay, sounds good. So, what do you think your favorite part about teaching this workshop is?
1: You know, I, I think my favorite part is actually usually uh, it comes two, maybe three days later and sometimes a year later, which is when people have adopted the technology. We've got some of, the, some of our biggest contributors to that project now. Some of the people who are most active in the containerization community are people that were in, in that containerization workshop two years ago. Um, and they've now, be, they've now gone from, from learning it to becoming experts, and, and they're invaluable members of our, our community. And so it's, it's really, the, the workshop is, is wonderful, seeing the light bulbs come on in people. And, and yes, there's some frustration. and It's nice to be able to help people, you know, kind of overcome some of the things that frustrate them. But, but the biggest benefit that I've seen is being able to see people, you know, take the technology. And just run with it in their own projects and become adopters and raving fans and you know we've got a lot of a lot of community leaders in this container space in the cfml community that are you know that that started out learning about docker in that workshop
0: very cool yeah and that's the other thing too i really like about the workshops is you have like a cohort, you know, you've got a group of people and so they can help each other. And a lot of the times we set up a Slack group for the the workshop as well. So people can ask questions later and, you know, touch base. And I always find the best thing when I'm teaching a workshop is that later on, when someone asks a question, other people in the group help answer and they help guide. And, you know, you get that teamwork and some camaraderie. So even if you're, you know, this is your job and you're on your own to figure it out, you're not on your own when yeah. you've made some friends that into the box in uh, a workshop or or whatnot totally. so it's so very cool so this is a, a one-day workshop like you mentioned but we're offering on two different days so the beauty of this is is if there's something like the elasticsearch one that you want to take on one day you can still take John's on the other day and vice versa. So some of the two-day workshops, you don't get a choice. Uh, they're they're two days full of content, but the, the one-day workshops like this, uh, you can basically pick and choose two. And uh, John is repeating the workshop. So that way, no matter what you, you choose on one day, you can always pick John's on the other, so. Uh,
1: I'll just pick somebody from the
0: first day and let them teach the second day. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. If you're dumb enough to sign up for two days, you might be teaching it the second day. How about that? <laughs> But uh, but yeah. So uh, it sounds like a great workshop. I know this is uh, a most popular workshop over the last couple of years. We we'll always seem to sell out. So I know that you're getting a couple extra helpers to make sure we don't. Uh, you know, we have a little more room because it's definitely an in demand workshop. So
1: yeah, it'll be good to have two days. We'll small little smaller uh, groups, and and we'll be able to spend a little more time, a little more one on one time with people. So I think breaking into two days is a is a good strategy yeah so
0: okay well uh i really appreciate your time john and uh talking to us about your workshop uh i know it's going to be great and hopefully this podcast will give someone you know a little more information so they can go sign up at into the box.org go get your tickets and uh yeah we look forward to seeing everybody in houston in may absolutely my pleasure okay thanks very much john be back Show notes for this episode can be found on conference.modernizerdie.io where you can also subscribe to your favorite podcast player like Spotify or iTunes. We also have a link to YouTube playlist to find more videos just like this. Music from this podcast are used under a royalty-free license from sound.com and bluetreeaudio.com.